You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM, KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Hola, amigos. You have reached the end of your work week. We got a busy, busy show lined up for you here as well. Saints General Manager, Vicky Lucas. Speaking. What will he say? Or what? figure all that out here as well. Got a fun guest list here for you, and it's that day. Who are we throwing on the bus out of town? Been doing this for uh, ever since the show started. Um, should be fun. Essentially, it's real simple. There's a bus. Yeah, yeah well, I'll explain it in a second. Rebecca Black letting you know you've reached the weekend officially. Coming up on today's show, Mr. Will Guillory at 12.15 will touch base on the Pelicans. They're back in action taking on Detroit. New Orleans a six-point favorite on this one. As uh, Pels 25-17 and 17 on the season and the Pistons 12-33 and 33 on the year. And keep in mind... They just came off of a window in which they put up 135 points. So, you have to show up today. That's for sure. When will we see B.I.? Maybe Will has a insight on that here as well. We'll touch on that with him coming up at 1230. Mr. John Sigler, Saints Wire. He put up today on the website essentially the three teams that have requested permission for Sean Payton. And what he thinks projecting the compensation will be, right? I know we all would love the third pick or the second pick or the second and 12th pick from Houston and things that interest. So he put it kind of very easily for us to be able to um, read and be able to look at from that perspective. So we'll do that with him coming up at 1230. 105, Ryan Hinton. He, um, you may know him from Twitter as well. At that boy wolf is the way to give a follow. He's also a host for Saints Twitter podcast, one of the co-hosts. Uh, a fun follow for sure. We'll get his take too. We've talked to reporters. Now I want to talk to people that do podcast and blog and our fans and their thoughts as to what the Saints should do. So we'll definitely do that coming up with him at 105. Rafael Esparza. I know he was there yesterday, but he wasn't in the working capacity. We're just kind of talking in general, but we know now the latest, who's playing, who's not, who practiced, who didn't, all of that. So uh, we'll talk about the NFL playoff games that are coming up. You got three Sunday, two Saturday, and one on Monday. So we'll do that as it's Super Wild Card Weekend, Mr. Professor Nick Harrison. That's how the NFL likes to call it now. It's no longer Wild Card Weekend. It's Super uh, Wild Card Weekend. There it is. Super Wild Card Weekend. Super wild card weekend. Um, so we'll touch on that here. And then at 205, Marlon Fayride's going to move up a little bit earlier because he's got TV to do. 
Leo Haggerty at 2.30. So that is your guest list. In the meantime, around that, it's 800-998-1003, the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic Hotline. If you'd like to chime into the conversation to our question of the day, which is always a fun one. Um, in, in years past, Nick, we've, um, we've needed a hotard. You know what I'm saying? We need a kind of one of those big ones. In some seasons, it's the short bus. I mean, it really didn't need that many. Um, uh, I, I would say that that year that we had that that seven and nine season, that first one, the, the one that Roman Harper and uh, and others left. I honestly remember it, it was a legal pad doing the show that day. It was a yellow legal pad. And I had to flip the page to page two with the amount of players oh that, that people wanted. Uh, but Malcolm Jenkins, Roman Harper, Roman Harper wound up being the bus driver. People couldn't wait for him. This was right after the, the, the San Francisco situation. Remember the San Francisco situation? Yeah. Well, uh, he basically couldn't cover a tight end. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's what took place during that season. But anyway, um, that's our question of the day, isn't it? Yeah, question of the day. If you go to our Twitter page at ESPN Radio Nola, you can comment on that as well. Who from the Saints organization do you think needs to be sent on the first bus out of town this offseason? Who do you think needs to go? Who needs to be put on this bus? We got a picture of a big monster truck bus. There it is. It's really oh, nice looking. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a nice little bus. It's like, you know, if you like remember those gravedigger, yeah. like old. Oh, Monster trucks back then. It's kind of like what this bus is. So this it's is getting the out of town. I mean, this thing has got some massive wheels. It's got an engine on it. It is apt. It's crushing. It's getting the heck out of here, right? We wanted to make sure that the folks had a bus that they could get everybody out of town on quickly <laughs> as possible. So, who do you think from the Saints organization needs to be run out on the first thing? Smoking. You can call the Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic phone line at 800-998-1003, or you can comment on the Twitter page at ESPN Radio NOLA and let us know who you think needs to get out of town. Demario Davis earned a second-team All-Pro honor from the AP. It's the fourth straight season he's earned an All-Pro honor from the AP, third straight year on the second team. There you go. I. It's not a just, there's no first team Saints. I'm just <laughs> the quarterback on the second team is Jalen Hurts. All right, so I'm just letting you know. I mean, uh, kind of give you an idea of um, what those players are going to be. But congrats to Demario there again. So there you go. Congratulations. You know, <laughs> congratulations. That's good. You know, you get an All Pro selection first and second team. Nothing to sneeze at, man, because there's a lot of players to pick from, and just the best of the best. So that's. I'm waiting for you to, to. I'm waiting for you to to kind of. Give me your thoughts here. Uh, first team, Pat Mahomes, the quarterback. Second team, Jalen Hurts. I don't see Josh Allen anywhere on the first and second team. <laughs> it's fair. Uh-huh. It's fair. I'll uh-huh. tell you why. You know, Mahomes deserves to be first team all pro. Okay. Uh, see what he did this season. Like I've told you before, I hate the man because of how good he is. Uh-huh. It's infuriating to watch him just pitch the ball around and just run around in the backfield and do what he does. Sure. And you know, and it, they're the number one seed in the AFC. Uh Jalen Hurts number one seed in the NFC. It it fits. It's fair. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not mad about it. When um, the yeah. end of the season, Win the Super Bowl. You want, me, right. you want me to give the receivers? The receivers are very interesting to me. Justin no. Jefferson, deservedly so, right? Justin Jefferson, you'd agree with that? Uh, Tyree Kill, that makes Roy very happy. 
right? I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. Devontae Adams? That's the first team. Uh, Devontae Adams? I, I, mean, I, again, I, I, I Look, I'm not being ugly. I'm not saying he's not good. But if Devontae Adams was having the kind of season that he normally had with Aaron Rodgers, wouldn't it be in the playoffs? I can see it. I can kind of see. You can see it. Devontae Adams, you think, was all pro this year for the Raiders. I, when you look at the other receivers who are up there, A.J. Brown, Stephon Diggs, CeeDee Lamb, I can see maybe you put Steph first team. And this isn't biased by me. I'm well, Stephon Diggs is second team, A.J. Brown from Philadelphia, and CeeDee Lamb with Dallas, second team. I can see, I can see all of these guys getting some sort of all pro selection with his first team and second team. Uh, Justin Jefferson is kind of undeniable first team. He was a unanimous all pro, uh, first team selection. Uh, it was him and, uh, who was the other unanimous all, uh, Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Kelsey were both, uh, unanimous. All 50 folks voted for those two to be all pros and decidedly. So anybody who plays fantasy football knows Travis Kelsey was the only dependable, consistent tight end all yeah. season long. So that's understandably so uh for them to put him where he was. But and to be on the first team with his brother Jason. Cornerback. <laughs> so yeah. Are you are you shocked about this? Cornerback? Sauce Gardner. Unanimous. And, and Pat- no, not Patrick Sertain the second. From Denver. Like those are the two best corners, all pro? Sauce Gardner, yes. Okay. What about Patrick Sertan? Patrick Sertan. Like, I mean, I'm just saying, like, right now, you're thinking, if I, if I ask you, hey, give me your two best cornerbacks in the NFL. Sauce may come I, up, but I don't know if Pat does. And I'm not disrespecting him, but I'm just, no, it's no, just, no. uh, second team cornerback, Jair Alexander, who, by the way, the Saints could have drafted, your day <laughs> drafted Marcus Davenport, uh, James Bradbury from Philadelphia, uh, not on the list, neither. On first and second team, safety, Duran James, Chargers, Justin Simmons, Denver, that's second team. First team safeties, Arminka Fitzpatrick for Pittsburgh, and Talanoa Hafunga from San Francisco, not on there as CD Deuce. I don't think he made the Pro Bowl either. So, <laughs> so that's something that you, you, yeah. you feel more comfortable about. No, that. I don't feel comfortable. I think he got, I got, he got hosed by not making the Pro Bowl. I mean, now granted, I mean, cause here's what I'm saying. I need to see CD Deuce. In dodgeball, which is one of the games that's, that's taking place for oh, the Pro Bowl. I mean, CD News said dodgeball would take that very seriously. You know what I'm saying? But as somebody who follows the Saints, and you, if you were a Saints, like as a Saints fan, yeah, kind of tear you up to see him on the pro all, all pro list, though. I like mean, I, there there's it, some Saints fans yeah. who are a little bit more comfortable like, that gonna... he's up there because if he's up there, you're even more infuriated about him going oh. at the beginning of the season to Philly. Like you're you're already upset now because of the season that he had. That he's would... all pro. Yeah, no, that would be very infuriating. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that'd be very infuriating oh, from yeah, that yeah. standpoint as well. So, um, speaking right now is Mickey Loomis. And we're going to see what he has to say about a lot of different things. I I don't expect what I think some Saints fans have already been <laughs> tweeting already. <laughs> you know, if he doesn't open up with, we love what Pete Cartmichael has done for us. But we <laughs> mean, he's not. I just, I don't think, first off, I don't know. That's not who they are. 
No. All right. So I, I don't see, um, him opening that up like that, right? Um, like that. So as a matter of fact, here we go. Um, Nick Underhill just tweeted, Luma says staff decisions won't start until next week. I, I need a week to decide about my staff. Yeah. Per Mickey Loomis, Dennis Allen is remaining as the head coach of your New Orleans Saints. So there you go. That is three minutes ago. So the two things that probably most Saints fans want to know, is Dennis Allen coming back? Yup. Yep. What about P. Carmichael? We don't know yet. That's, that's what he said, essentially. Staff decisions next week. DA, back, baby. There you go. But we kind of do that. That was the, 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 those are the whispers that were going around about Dennis Allen that he would be back next season. So you kind of figured that that was going to happen. You're hoping on the Pete Carmichael news. Yeah. That might be the guy who driving the bus. Stop it. Out of <laughs> Let me Sorry. tell you something. I don't know if, I don't know if Saints fans, Saint, they may call a personal Uber, you know, like, uh, what is it? Uber Black? Right? Don't you get like a really nice car? Like, no, they're not even putting them on the bus. Yeah. They're like, we got you. Uber black oh, on its way. <laughs> on we need way. to make sure that you're going because if you're the one actually driving the bus, yeah. you may just go in circles instead of actually driving it out of town. Well, Saints fans will tell you you may not find the airport. I mean, <laughs> it's, you may overthink it. You know, do I go airline? Do I go Williams to Vets? Do I get on the interstate? Then take off the Loyola exit? I mean, there's, there's a lot uh, of different variables because that's what my man said, right? Um, yeah. it's how the game plays out. We, he may not make it to the airport. Does he go Atlantic Aviation? Does he go on the other side? Does he go to general boarding? I mean, see, there's so many variables. He's going to get confused. I think the best thing to do when it comes to him, we just do we're black. Just do we're black, right? I mean, Plenty of Saints fans can Venmo. I mean, just we we will pick him up. <laughs> I mean, it's it's just it's his Friday. Uber Black with Rebecca Black. There you go. <laughs> just out on Friday. No, he's not on the bus. We're gonna Uber oh. Black. We're gonna make sure. I mean, it, straight to Atlantic Aviation, right? Not, there's he no TSA needed. There's no nothing. Out All one door, through the automatic doors, out the automatic doors. There's somebody right there in the plane. Hello, Pete. Here we go. Right there. <laughs> an alert on my phone to let me know that he made it. I need drop-off assurance for You know what? All of these places have cameras. We could probably just put a live feed on there. All these uh, news stations have sat trucks. Saints fans. And he, he just turns around like Richard Nixon at the very end. <laughs> the, the, the double peace sign. See you later. <laughs> Oh boy. That's a shame. Poor guy. <laughs> he didn't even Poor want guy. the he didn't want the job. He didn't want it. He didn't want it to begin with. <laughs> I mean, they well, made him. They made him. Ah, we'll talk yeah, again. Man. We'll talk again at twelve forty five. Uh oh. thank you, Mr. Professor Nick Harrison. All right, let's talk a little pals. Uh Will Guillory. You take on the Pistons tonight. Gotta have it. Gotta have this game. It's how it is, right? Sports hangover at ESPN New Orleans.
Lakeview Massage and Therapy is a must for recovery, getting rid of pesky pain, or to simply relax. It's part of Upper Cervical Family Chiropractic and Wellness, so this isn't a neon sign place. They have specialists performing work geared specifically to you. Rejuvenate with a 60, 90, or 120 minute session of Himalayan salt stone, injury and recovery, lymphatic detox, pre and postnatal, post mastectomy movement, traditional therapeutic massages, and ashiatsu. I've had that. You want to try it. Trust me. LakeviewMassageandTherapy.com for info where recovery meets relaxation. It's Mardi Gras time and Joe's Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and 18 stall restroom trailers. From everyone at Joe's Septic Contractors, have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. Some people just have a knack for being there when you need them the most. Like your third grade classmate who sticks up for you against that bully. The neighbor who gives you a jump start. And the friend who chases away that flock of geese at your outdoor wedding. Your state farm agent has your back too. Your good times and the not so good. And who's got your agents back? State Farm, the company people have trusted for more than 90 years. We're here to help life go right. Call State Farm agent Ashley Barrios and cut off today at 985-632-0988. When you're shopping at Rouse's Markets this time of year and you walk past the bakery, it smells so good. That warm smell of gourmet cinnamon dough is Rouse's Markets King Cake Dough. Rouse's Markets makes their king cakes fresh throughout the day. The whole bakery just smells like Mardi Gras. Get your Rouse's Markets King Cake in store or ship anywhere in the continental U.S. at Rouse's.com. There are so many flavors to choose from. Rouse's Markets feels like home. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. Welcome back. Sports Hangover getting ready for the... Hell's taking on the Pistons later tonight in a uh, pretty big game in distress. They're all big, right? They're all big. sure. Will Guillory, the athletic covers your New Orleans Pelicans, joins us this afternoon. Will, how are you? I'm doing well, man. Um, when are we going to see Brandon Ingram? I guess I mean, I, I'm, I'm asking everybody, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's the, the million dollar question, right? We've been waiting on that one for a while, I think. Uh, I'm going to sound like a, uh, an echo here when I keep saying I think it's going to be very soon. Very uh, soon, Aaron. <laughs> very soon. You know, I think he's uh, ramping up his, his work. Uh, so he's been involved in more pickups with the team. Uh, he's doing work after practice and stuff like that. So I think he's feeling better. Uh, I do think even Cleveland, you know, that game I think is a possibility. But, mm. yeah, really, I mean, I think it's hard for anybody to say because the only person who can really answer that question is Brandon Ingram. You yeah. know, it's really about just how he feels when he feels comfortable, comfortable to play. It's not about a medical issue. It's not about, uh, you know, him getting cleared by the medical staff. It's about just when he feels comfortable pushing off his foot, uh, exploding, you know, on his dribble drives. And I, until he feels that way, uh, they're going to continue to hold him out. But I, I do think he's getting closer. I think one of the things that I look at too, Will, is what what I'd like to see. Right, is my hope is before the All Star break. I mean, we we got the news that Zi was going to be out. Uh, Zi, Zion was going to be out uh, at least three weeks to be reevaluated. And I looked at it at that time; it was going to be 
it, it was going to be um, 22 games. And I was like, man, if you can just be in the sixth spot around that time, that'd be great. Like, I, I think you may see both of them before the All-Star break, huh? Oh, yeah, I think B.I. for sure. I would say B.I. within the next few games. I think he's, just from what I've been seeing, just he's doing more stuff. He's playing, you know, some of these six-step games. So I think he's, he's, I would say for sure, before the All-Star break. With Zion, I think we'll see, you know, uh, I, I think the initial timeline, three weeks, I think that's very optimistic. Uh, you know, just the way they handle Zion, they always are super cautious with him. And then when you're talking about a hamstring injury, that's something that, you know, they would want to be even more cautious with because the the risk of re-injury. So I, I think they're going to be really careful with him. It wouldn't surprise me if we don't see him before All-Star, but I, it's a possibility because I know he's going to be pushing to come back. We know how much he's, like, not wanting to miss games after all the time he missed last year. So, yeah, I think, you know, D.I., I think definitely before All-Star, and then Zion, I would say maybe 50-50. Well, let's see what happens. The good thing about it is I saw his trainer put a video out there. He's he's still staying in shape because I you know that well. I got a caller like he's gonna put on a hundred pounds. Stop it! It's not the same Zion. It's probably <laughs> killing him for him to not be out there. Right, right, though, Will. I mean, like you you can just see this is a different player, different person. He understands what this team is right now, and more importantly, it's just not who he is right now. Yeah, and he just has a great relationship with Jasper Vibbs. Those guys, you know, are putting in work on a daily. Uh, I think him and Jasper just have an understanding of what he needs to do, and I think he's really put in, you know, the commitment to to really making sure his body's right, making sure he's right mentally. And yeah, I think you know that's the the first thing I got a whole bunch of text messages after Zion got hurt, like Lord, what is he gonna look like when he comes back? See? How much weight is he yeah. gonna gain when he's gone? You know, and I think he he hears all that stuff and he right. knows what people are talking about when it comes to him and being out. Uh, but I think, you know, he's, the, the great thing is he, ha- he has that relationship with Jasper Bibbs, and they're able to lay out their plans for what they want to do workout-wise. Uh, so I think he's just in a much better place than he was even last year. Uh, so I think you're going to see him, you know, be right when he comes back, and I think that's going to help him come back sooner because of the work he's putting in. In the meantime, man, a couple of players have really stood up. C.J. McCollum has been playing incredible, right? Uh, Jonas has been playing very well. And, dude, what about Najee Marshall? I almost feel – I answered this question to somebody else on another show that asked me about him. I said he's almost been the impact that, say, Herb had last year in terms of I don't know where they'd be without him, really. No doubt. And I think the way Najee's playing, I think he's kind of fighting – you know, to take some of those minutes from her, just because we don't know how valuable her is defensively, but just the, the offensive versatility that Najee brings. I think he does a little bit of everything. You know, he can get to the basket. He can hit those three-pointers. He called himself the second-best passer in franchise history. Uh, so I think, you know, he, he just adds a lot. And I think once you put him on the court with Zion, with B.I., with C.J., just having another guy who can punish defenses, I think it's going to help them a lot. Uh, so, yeah, it's been wild just to see his growth and his confidence really growing up throughout the course, especially over this past month. And I think, again, it goes to just the player development within the Pels and what they've done to bring up these young guys. I mean, Najee was a dude who was getting DMPs last year for a right. big chunk of the season. Right. And now he's been one of the most important players on this team. So I think it's a lot of credit to him. And the man definitely has the best nickname on the team. I just – Every time he scores a bucket, bucket, I just can't help but just scream out the knife. There it is. <laughs> it's, the, it's the best nickname on the team, hands down. Dude, the photo of him holding a what was it, a poster board of a of a knife? 
was <laughs> somebody brought it to the to the game in uh in Boston. It was crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, people are all in on it. And I love the uh, the picture that the Bells posted with uh the the picture hidden on a knife with inside of a king cake uh, box. You got to leave the knife inside of the king cake box. Sir. Uh, I just love everything going on with the nice nickname. No, it's it's it, it, it's good that he embraces it. And everybody else does here as well. And again, obviously, the coach is the one that came up with it here. Um, look, Trey Murphy. Two things about him: a, the tweet, and b, his game. Let's do the tweet first. Yesterday, just curious: Do you look at the ball or the rim when you shoot? Will I don't think I've ever looked at the ball in my life when I shot. I always look at the rim. Like I just, I, I'm, I'm trying to think of what it would be like to look at the basketball. I leaving. I, I don't. I don't even know how you would judge that. What do you do? I mean, do, do you look at the ball? I'm 100 percent a look at the ball guy. Really? I, I'm big on. I'm big on getting. You know, I'm a high arcing shooter type of guy. So I like to always follow the ball just to, to, to make sure I'm getting the right type of arc on my shot. But yeah, I'm a big follow the ball guy. I mean, everybody's different. Uh, I forgot. I wanted to ask Trey yesterday uh, which one was he. But yeah, everybody does something different. But I'm definitely a, a watch the ball guy. When I said that, a lot of people reacted the way you did on my timeline yesterday. Which surprised <laughs> me. But yeah, I've, I've always been a watch the ball guy. Really? I guess, I guess my, my thing is, how do you know where you're shooting? Well, you look at the rim first. Of course, it's not like you, you never look at the rim. Right. But, you know, as you release the ball, you follow it while it's in the air. So, oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Okay. I, I guess I, I guess if I look at it like that, I kind of look at the ball afterwards. But, right, yeah. I mean, because as, as I'm in the act of shooting and the ball is still in the palm of my hand, I'm looking at the rim, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, all right. Maybe it's how I took it and how it's phrased. Um, in all honesty, though, Willie Green, uh, after the game in Boston, said, look, he's got to keep shooting, and he thinks he can shoot more threes. I said this at the beginning of the season when you were on, right? I think the difference between a six and a four seed from the Pelicans is Trey Murphy. And if he can get out of the shooting slump right now, I mean, he's dunking, he's doing other things as well, but this team's going to need him to knock down threes, right? No doubt, and you mentioned it. I think it's a good thing for him that he's finding other ways to impact the game, getting to the basket, getting offensive rebounds, being active on defense. But, you know, he, he just has to be the, the, the best, you know, spot-up shooter on the team. He has to be that guy. He has to be more consistent getting those shots up. And I think Willie Green even mentioned after the Boston game, he's got to stop turning down shots as much as he has. I think he's kind of grown accustomed to being like, okay, I'm a shooter if I'm open, but if you're a great shooter, you just got to shoot it, you know, even if you're open or not. I think you just got to get those attempts up, especially when you're 6'10 with a higher release like Trey. Even if a guy is on you, he can get that shot off and make it a good percentage at a time. So I think just getting those shots up, being more consistent, and something I talked to him about as well is, you know, being more comfortable running off screen, catching ball, catching shoot off movement. I think he's more of a standstill shooting guy, but I think over time we're going to see him uh, develop that side of his game, being able to run off pin downs, run off, you know, off ball screens just to be able to get himself open because people know he, I mean, the, the, the you know, the South report is out on trade. They know he's a big time shooter. They know he's pulling it up from 30. So he's mm-hmm. got to find other ways to get his shot off. And I think that's going to be key for him. But, you know, ultimately I think it's a, a positive sign that he's added the elements to his game. He's trying to do more off the dribble. But he's got to know where his bread is, but and that's knocking down that three ball. No doubt. Um, tonight's game. Look, you look at Detroit, you look at the record, you look at the standings. All right, 
win. And then you look at the fact they just played on Wednesday and dropped 135 on the T-Wolves. By the way, that trade, Will, has not gone the way they wanted it with Rudy Gobert. Uh, <laughs> and the way that team is, oh, my gosh. I mean, what, D'Angelo Russell saying trade? Uh, anyway, but they dropped 135. This team can score as well. This team, the Pels now, referring to them, better show up tonight, right? No doubt. The, the Detroit is a team that plays hard, and they got a couple of young guards on that team uh, that, that plays in transition. They knocked down a lot of three balls. I think they ended up making like 17 threes uh, against Minnesota. That's going to be a big uh, point of emphasis tonight to, to run them off the three-point line. Uh, but the big thing for the Pels, I think, was you know Detroit missing Jalen Duran, their rookie. They're missing Marvin Bagley. I think they might be missing Isaiah Stewart. you got to feed the big man. Feed big JV. Get him involved early, and I think that's going to open up stuff for everybody else on the outside. But if you get Big JV involved early, we know he can get you efficient shots. He can get to the free throw line. He gets offensive rebounds. And then once he starts dominating the game, that's when Detroit is going to have to send multiple bodies. And that's when you can get open shots for Trey, open shots for Najee, Jose, all of those other guys. So I think you got to make the game simple for yourself early, and that's when it's going to allow everything else to, to open up for us. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at this game, it, it, you've had a player or two sort of step up. Who do you think will be key tonight for the Pels to get this much-needed victory, I think? Uh, again, a guy we've talked about already, Najee Marshall. Uh, I think when he's attacking okay. the basket, when he's playing in transition, I think it makes things a lot easier for CJ because we know CJ's going to get a lot of attention. He's able to get his shots off because he's so good doing stuff off the dribble. Uh, but I think when he has another guy next to him making plays, uh, getting into the paint, uh, I think it just makes life easier for him. So when Najee's attacking, when he, you know, you know, attacking closeouts, when he's getting in, and, and and when they're doubling CJ and able to catch and drive, I think it just allows the offense to run a little smoother. So I think when Najee's more act more aggressive, I think the Pelicans just look better offensively. There it is. Um, Miami announced. I saw it. You tweeted there uh, the arena. Is their new name? Did they lose their their backing? Is that what it was? What was is one of those uh, financial places, huh? Yeah, FTX. Uh, I don't think they, they had to get rid of FTX yeah. for sure. So I was, I'm down with the arena, but uh, hey, I, I guess it is what it is. Is it better than FTX? That's for sure. I mean, dude, you might as well just like call Mr. Worldwide or something, you know, or just do like 305 Arena, you know, do something. But it's the yeah, arena. At least we know. Creative. At least we know where we are. I'm down with the blender. I love the blender. You know, it's really cool when it comes to. Oh, uh, I love the blender. I would take that over Smoothie King Center any day. Just put yeah. the blender right there on the court. There's no doubt. You know what? I'm with you, man. Speaking of, we got like 30 seconds here, but can we? I know some fans have asked, and I know I always want to, to, to love different things as well. I think it's the same court since they've become the, the, the Hornets and Pelicans here. <laughs> are, there, are there in talks? Because I see other teams like the Suns and Jazz. They have multiple courts per the season. What do you know, man? Because I know we it's kind of along the lines of like shoes and unis and stuff like that. Are they ever going to get a new court or a multi-level court? It's funny because we literally just had this conversation at one of the games, and I think uh, the Pels people are interested in doing something like that, or like a maybe a Mardi Gras type court. But I think uh, there might be an issue with the Smoothie King Center, with just storing mm. uh, a separate floor, an alternate floor. Uh, so I think they got to get that figured out. But I think they would like to do something like that. But I think 
logistically, it just might be a little difficult with the, the lack of real estate there and the Smoothie King Center. So maybe they'll figure it out, but I don't think it'll be anytime soon. Uh, perfect. We'll just start for a new arena then. How about that? New arena with more storage space. That'd be fantastic. Listen, <laughs> Your mouth to God's ears. No, I just don't do it by Chapatulis where I heard that's one of this area's consideration. That would be a disaster. Bottleneck. I like where it's at. Just building the other empty parking lot. Anyway, Will, that's the discussion for another day. Uh, safe travels and let's enjoy the game tonight. I appreciate you guys. Yep, sounds good. When we come back, let's talk a little Saints football. John Sigler from Saints Wire joins us next on ESPN New Orleans. I never write reviews, but Navaj is so amazing, I had to leave one. Nothing's ever cleared out my sinuses as well. I'm blown away by how Navaj works. That's a review from Carrie, and it's one of over a 100,000 online testimonials praising Navage. I'm Martin Hoke, the inventor of Navage Nasal Care, and I've talked about flushing out allergens, viruses, mucus, and germs, how Navage's powered suction can help you breathe better, and how your nose is the body's air filter, and Navage will clean it out. But don't take my word for it. What do people like Chad say, who wrote, Navage has helped clear out my nasal passages every single night. My wife says my snoring has gone way down. Snorefest be gone, unquote. Navage is the all-natural solution trusted by over 3 million customers to help you breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and stay healthier without drugs. Navage is available at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Bed Bath, Target, and online. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E, clean nose, healthy life. As a veteran, you get a lot of advice, but wisdom's harder to come by. A lot of people imagine themselves in our shoes without understanding the weight on our shoulders. The truth is, few can understand the pressure of finding your own way after serving in the military. But few isn't none. Steady yourself. You're not alone. You've got support. Learn more at maketheconnection.net. This message sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. My name is Stephanie Simeon. I am the Executive Director for the Workforce Development Board. We want our community back in Lake Charles. We offer a plethora of services, education, financial assistance, supportive services. We are here to put you back to work, Louisiana. Find out how the Louisiana Workforce Commission can help you at laworks.net. John underscore S-I-G-L-E, two R's. It's a way to give him a follow. Managing editor of the Saints Wire. John, good afternoon to you, man. How are you? Oh, man, I am fantastic. It finally felt like winter this morning as I was walking my dog and didn't believe it. So, good way to start the day. Ready to talk some Saints football. Yeah, it's nuts how it goes from 80 to 39 this morning. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts. It's going to get hot again after this weekend. Um. There's a lot to get into. I want to get into what you posted over in Saints Wire, which is it's perfect for me. It's the teams that are that have talked to Sean Payton and what possible compensation can get. It's a great way for fans to be able to see that. But the GM just spoke. So let's quickly kind of go over some of the things he said, surprise or not surprise, right? Next week, yeah. 
is when we're going to get news on staff changes or not. Is that surprising that it takes a week to decide that, or is that the right thing to do to take time to look into it? You know, I kind of look at it with both minds here where, you know, on the one hand, you know, Loomis is right. You know, you don't want to be irrational. You don't want to get emotional and, and make a bad decision in the heat of the moment. And so I, I understand that. At the same time, you know, you had 17 weeks to watch this Saints offense kind of sputter and stop and start. And, you know, they had issues from the first, from the very first game. You know, I, I look back at week one, they, they, they lost more yards to sacks than they gained with completed passes but back in week one. And it just never seemed to improve with any consistency. So it's kind of like, you had 17 weeks to see that you had problems. You didn't do anything about it. How much more time do you need to kind of pull the trigger there and say, look, we need to go in a new direction? And my concern is you wait too long, you miss out on good candidates, and you end up you know, having to circle back and go, go with someone that you're hoping to move off of in the first place, just like happened last year. So you know, hopefully they don't draw this out too long, but that, that lacking of a sense of urgency really concerns me. Yeah, Ross Jackson was on the show yesterday, and he gave a pretty poignant case for Mike LaFleur. I'm like, that's a guy that should have already been having yeah. beignets with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're having lunch, man. Like, at the very least. Now, he may want to wait and all that, but I I, I want to show interest because it is somebody like that. Now, the other thing right after that, Dennis Allen is remaining as the head coach of the team per Loomis, but that's official. We kind of saw that coming. So I guess if you're right. a Saints fan and you wanted that to, to be the first opening salvo, we know one is back. We don't know if the other is, but D.A., do you think it's the right move for the team to keep? Oh, man, you know, I was questioning that, you know, as far back as November of last year where, you know, you're not seeing the team improve uh, week over week and you're seeing the same issues that he had in Oakland, you know, uh, 10 years ago. And I, that just did, that was a really big hit to, to my confidence in him as the head coach. So, you know, it's kind of frustrating. I hope that it works out, but you know, I'm not feeling too I'm not feeling too confident about that move. You know, I, I've really got to see some big things from Da this off season to kind of restore that confidence mm-hmm. that he's going to take this team where they need to go. I think my whole thing with this series, where with so many question marks and variables that have to do on the offensive side, right? You know what I'm saying? It's like to me, I guess we're so used to, and we see the successful head coaches in the NFL. Be CEOs like that feel like they can manage both sides of football. And look, Nick Saban for you know Alabama's a defensive guy, but you can get a sense and feel they go hire somebody on offense. He changed that philosophy, adapted to how college football was changing. When you look at you know the successful NFL head coaches, you kind of get that sense, right? That they kind of know what's going on on both sides of the ball, and. We saw the improvement on defense. I think we all believe this team played for him. I think we all believe the guy knows how to do defense. It's at some point, year or two, John, they're going to be looking at a franchise quarterback. At some point this offseason, they're going to have to decide that as well. And I guess it just comes down to trust. Do I trust that he can do that, if that makes sense? Totally, totally. You, You want to be able to believe that he can put the right people in the right position to get this team where it needs to go. And, you know, I, I know that D.A., he has that defensive background. He doesn't have as much influence on the offense as as, as other coaches would. But to me, what, what's still, you know, kind of concerning is on fourth down here where you're in, these, you're in these spots where you need to be aggressive, you need to try and make a play, and it's not happening. And we're, we're kicking the ball away when, when we shouldn't be. And, you know, you're kicking a field goal. You're, you're up by two scores. You kick the field goal against the Bucks. 
and you're still up by two scores. <laughs> that didn't do anything, and th- that that's concerning to me. So, you know, ho- look, hopefully he, he learned from this experience. He can, you know, hopefully find someone who can really add some juice to the offense and kind of lay the groundwork for finding that quarterback. And to me, that has to be a major priority this offseason. So, so hopefully we see a greater sense of urgency on that front here in the weeks ahead. Speaking with John Sigler, he is the managing editor over there at Saints Wire. Um, some of the other things I guess we can quickly just hit on. The Michael Thomas sure. contract thing, he says it's flexibility for both the team and the player. What do you ultimately think that move was done for? Yeah, that was definitely made with the salary cap in mind, where they, you know, look, the Saints, they don't have to make a decision right now. Uh, they, they, Thomas, he did have the highest cap hit on the team uh, for the offseason here, and they were able to cut that in half and buy themselves some time to kind of evaluate everything, look at the medicals, look at, look at, you know, what he's willing to do contract, contractually and, and, and make, a, make a, a firmer decision at a later date. I still expect him to be playing football somewhere else next year. Just the way that everything is laid out now, it, it makes the most sense for the Saints, you know, financially speaking, to, uh, you know, release Thomas, designate him as what's called a post-June 1st cut, which means the Saints are going to get more money back later in the summer. And to me, that makes the most sense from how they've structured everything here. Now, from a football standpoint, it, it, it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of funny whenever DA is talking about what they need at receiver, what they're lacking at receiver is you know that big body possession receiver, somebody who can win on these contested catches. That, that's Michael Thomas. That that's what he does. That that's what he you know set all these records doing for for the Saints for so many years. And from that perspective, it's kind of odd to move off of him. But but you know, look, the, the injuries have been a, have been an issue for him. You know, the money doesn't really work out for the team with, with the contract, the way everything is structured now. So I, I think they're headed for a split. Um, it's just kind of a shame to see see things go that way, you know, given how, how strong his career started. Uh, the other thing that I found that was interesting, he was asked about, hey, what happens if, you know, some staff wants to get or, or follow Sean Payton or if Sean Payton looks to that. I was talking about that with Ross yesterday. Could Sean Payton in his new job, if he does take one, which we'll get into in a quick second, what does he want Jeff Ireland, you know, Kai Hartley? Does he go in that direction? I thought it's interesting that Luna said if he wants someone to make a lateral move, we probably would say no. That's interesting. That is interesting. And we we saw that a few years ago whenever Terry Vontano went to, to the Atlanta Falcons. And he tried to bring Kai Harley with him, and the Saints said, "No, uh, we're not going. We're not going to let him. We're not going to let someone make a lateral move there. So if you want them, if you want Jeff Ireland, if you want Kai Harley, if you want someone else within the organization, you're going to need to, you know, promote them and put them into a bigger spot. And I think that is the right call here. Um, you know, you don't want to stand in the way of someone's career. Um, <clears throat> but again, if it is a lateral move like that, if you, if, you know, Jeff Ireland right now, he's the assistant GM, he's the college scouting director." If, if, if Sean wants him in that role, then, you know, totally the team is within its rights to block that. However, if he's wanting to bring someone on board as a GM, then, you know, there's nothing that the Saints can, can do. Really? Well, that, that's not necessarily true. You, you know, they could promote someone internally, give them a new title to, to prevent that from happening, but there's no, like, mechanism where they can call the league office and say, we're not going to allow this to happen. So I think it's smart to protect themselves that way to make sure that they're going to keep talented people within within the building. Um, one thing that is interesting to me on that note, uh, <clears throat> Ty Harley, you know, if, if he is a target for Sean Payton with, with his new team as a GM, 
Um, if he leaves for a, for a general manager job, then he would bring back a couple of compensatory draft picks as part of the mm. NFL's uh, minority hiring po- policy. And so then that, that would actually help the Saints if he left for a promotion. So I, th- I think that was Loomis kind of indicating that door would be open, but they're not going to let anyone you know leave and, and not get any sort of compensation back. Loomis also said they don't have any plans to blow things up but that he wants to kind of manage to cap back to the middle. I think it's kind of mm-hmm. what I've been saying this week, John, where some moves have to make sense, but, you know, the 245 or 260 for Lamar, I don't think that's happening, right? Like, I don't see that happening. Doesn't make sense to do that. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I would love to see it because I think he's a tremendous player. and <laughs> right. he, 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 he would it, Look, the team would be much more fun to watch every week if Lamar Jackson were at quarterback. I can tell you that. Um, but as far as what, what Lemus was saying about the cap, I think that makes sense. Um, you, you want to be careful that you're not, you know, trying to have your cake and eat it too there, where you're, you're you do have to chip away at a lot of, uh, negative cap space right now. We're, you know, we're in the red by, by $37 million, but that's going to be hard to work around. But you don't want to, you know, hamstring yourself here or, or undercut yourself and <clears throat> go too far in the other direction to where you're having the same problem next year. So, yeah, you know, just looking at how the books are, are, are stacked up right now, looking at the contracts, there's not a lot of guys that they can say, okay, you're an obvious cap cut or cap cut, excuse me, where, where we're, we're going to we're going to move off of you soon. So, so yeah, I, I don't think they're going to blow it up. I don't think they're going to have a ton of uh, players leaving this off season um, as a cap cut. But I do think we're all at the same time we are going to see fewer of these you know these restructures and these these ghost years written into contracts and doing what they need to. Um, to kind of maximize those resources. Uh, you know, uh, Kai Hartley spoke about this last last offseason uh, right. with the Orleans South Football, talking about how, you know, look, we, we uh, don't want to have to do these gymnastics all the time to, to work around the cap. You know, we would like to run this a little more conventionally. So I, I think that's the division here. We'll, we'll see if that ends up being the reality. Cardinals, Broncos, and Texans a request of permission we know that we know Sean's going to interview what Tuesday morning in LA with Denver so I I know fans want the compensation to be everything uh we've kind of gone over it again this week John you you can't throw a player in (laughs) we we had a call immediately throw in Michael Thomas you can't throw in a player um it, it it's picks for picks in on that and I think what everybody's starting to get their wrap their heads around John is this he has to make the choice, right? I mean, with that team, and then you negotiate what you could do there. Mickey did say every kind of team, every team kind of knows what the compensation level is going to be. So Saints fans can relax on that. But you went into detail on Saints Wire about specifically what you think he may be able to bring back with those three teams. Yeah, look at that today. Look, look at what's been, what's been previously reported. Uh, you know, NFL Network reports that the, that the Saints are seeking at least a first round pick and more. So to me, that that doesn't sound like they want multiple first rounders here. Not, and I don't think that's realistic any, anyway, because that you know that that's happened once in league history, and I, I just don't see that happening again given the situation. So looking at it, I, I interpreted that as okay, they, they need a first rounder either this year or next. And they want a couple of mid-round picks, you know, th- you know, third, fourth, maybe a second rounder, if, if that's how things work out for both sides. And that, that's kind of what we settled on here, <clears throat> here in, in these trade proposals. And I, I think it's interesting just looking at what each team has available to them. That, that's something that Loomis spoke about today. 
is, you know, we have this baseline understanding of what we're going to want in a trade, we'll, we'll, but we're going to wait to, you know, fine-tune that compensation uh, un- until we're later on in the process. And, and that being where Peyton has said, this, this is the team that I'm going to. This is the only one that I'll sign off on, for example. And that, at that point, that's whenever we'll really drill down these specifics. John, appreciate the time as always, man. Thank you so much, bud. Thank you. Have a great day. Go give him a follow over on Twitter at John underscore Sigler, S-I-G-L-E, two R's. He's the managing editor over there at Saints Wire. You can give them a follow personally at the Saints Wire. Good stuff there. Uh, we'll continue to talk a little bit about what Mickey Lewis had to say. Saints fans, phone lines are open, 800-998-1003. What do you think of what he had to say there as well? Uh, don't go anywhere. Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Energize your business with Bayou Black Electric Supply in Homa. When you're elbow deep in a job, the last thing you need is to lose time and money fetching electrical supplies. Bayou Black Electric will deliver your items to the job site. There's daily scheduled service throughout South Louisiana, Lafouche, Terrebonne, Morgan City, New Iberia, and Lafayette, plus the River Parishes, too. If you need parts, call Bayou Black Electric Supply, 985-223-8807, Highway 311 in Homa. Making Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. After redshirting his first year at Ohio State, Joe Burrow spent the next two years as JT Barrett's backup. With the Wayne Haskins on the roster, Burrow didn't see much playing time and decided to transfer. LSU head coach Ed Orgeron zeroed in on Burrow and landed him. In his second season at LSU, Burrow led the Tigers to a 15-0 record, a national championship, and arguably the best season ever by a college quarterback. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. You know that feeling when your football team adds that one player with every skill they've been looking for? It's time your business knew how it felt too. LinkedIn Jobs taps into a network of over 850 million professionals to find the right people for your role. LinkedIn Jobs helps you narrow down to the most qualified candidates so you can start hiring the right people. Go to linkedin.com slash sports to post your job for free. That's linkedin.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. It's Gus Kattengell with the Sports Hangover. Join us for Thursdays with the crew of Katie's. Every Thursday, we'll be live at a member of the Katie's family of restaurants from 12 to 3. Whether it's Katie's on Iberville, Francesca's Deli on Harrison, or the Enview on Hickory. Enjoy lively sports banter with delicious eats. Join us as we talk about the latest from our local teams. You'll likely hear me argue with Scott Craig about his St. Louis Cardinals and my Chicago Cubs. Good thing he's a Brother Martin grad. Thursdays from 12 to 3 is the Sports Hangover with the crew of Katie's on ESPN New Orleans. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the Major League. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. Your thoughts on uh, some of the stuff that Mickey Loomis is um, saying this morning. 800-998-1003. Dennis Allen will be back. As the head coach, we kind of figured out, but again, to hear it from him, it's official. There it is. Said next week is when they will make decisions on staff. He touched on the fact that the flexibility for player and team was what led to the restructuring of Michael Thomas. Also touched on that if Sean Payton, with whatever job he's seeking or gets, wants to take anybody from the front office here, if it's a lateral move, he says, I probably will say no. Loomis says he liked to manage the cap back to the middle per Nick Underhill. New Orleans.football 
as he tweets that. Also says the, the whole blowing the team up and everything, that's not really the plan to kind of, you know, sell off all the assets and things of that nature. Also, that the door remains open for Davenport and Anyamata to return to the team, which, again, you look at from this perspective, with the play that they happen, I mean, it, it's not going to be a big contract. It's not going to be something that costs you. But while that defensive line is a concern, you, you, you don't have anybody signed. So if it if it's financially feasible and if it makes sense, sure, right, from that aspect of it. He also said that the teams calling about Sean Payton are aware – of what that compensation is going to be. And again, that's just kind of confirmation of what we saw or heard six days ago, seven, eight, and eight days ago, right? When the reports started coming out that Denver was interested, and Ian Rappaport said Denver's aware that it starts at a first-round pick, and they're fine with it, they're in the game. So I think teams calling and asking for permission understand a first-round pick is involved. But as John just said, too, it's probably not just that. It's going to be additional things. That's why I had John on. He says, look, it may, it may be a third, maybe a fourth, maybe a second instead of a one after a one, or if not. I, I still do think you get a one one way, shape, or form with all three teams. Do you get the third with the Cardinals? That's the problem. If it's not, then it's a second. To think, remember, it's something else that John put in there, and I forgot to ask him about it. The Saints don't have a second round pick next year. That Philly move. So that's something to think about. Jack, thanks for calling the show, sir. How are you today? Hey, Gus. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Gus, before we get to the Boston Hall, um, you know I always want to be the producer of your show. I have a suggestion. I wanted to call when Larry was on. Um, after the Pelican season's over, you know, when they're hoisting the Larry O'Brien trophy. Do you think there's a possibility you could bring the band back together? I'm thinking maybe a, a remote at Tracy's. I would love to do that. I Just throwing it out. No, I, like I said, it's a, it's a matter of finding um, the guys in the time, and I definitely know we'll definitely have a place. I can definitely make sure that happens at Katie's <laughs> for sure. Because we're there. If you can, I'd love, love to hear it again. But because yeah. for the people who didn't, for people who didn't hear the, the, the original, just the original show, you you really missed out. It was not that this show isn't really good, but that was three hours of fun every day. So, but anyway, um, Gus, as far as the bus goes, well, first of all, I want to make a prediction. I, it's kind of what you just said. I think by this time, because I don't know if you heard, but Mike Williams isn't playing this week for the Charges. Because right, yeah. he played, he put, he played all his starters into the third quarter last he, week. He's getting a lot so, of grief about that. Yeah, they lose to the Jaguars, and he gets fired. And I think by this time next week, the Saints will have a one and a four. How about that? And Sean's in Los Angeles. I've always thought that that makes the most sense. I've always thought that makes the most sense there. And, I mean, he has the quarterback, man, that he can just really work with. Drew Brees has already worked with him. You have Lombardi there already. They made a ton of moves to help their defense. And their offense, and again, you just mentioned it. In five to six days, his decision making is an issue. 
and Brandon Staley, you know, playing his players. And then that particular player, and as I'm reading the reports too, he was telling people all week that he was going to play. He was going to play Sunday. Now you find out he's got a broken back. So, I mean, <laughs> I think when you look at all that, that just that goes to it again. I'm like, what what's going on with this guy, man? I, I just think it, they better not lose if, if he wants to still be there, right? And, and Gus, look, I, I, I'm head hunting for GMs because that's another guy that deserves to be fired because they interviewed Brian Dayball. Brian Dayball completely, you know, he changed Josh Allen. Josh Allen was a very talented guy who really didn't have any idea how to play quarterback, and he created what you see. And they, they interviewed him, and they hired this guy, you know, to Staley. So, man. Um, but as far as, as far as the bus goes, look, look, this is just – I'm, I'm not considering salary cap because honestly, I don't know exactly how it would work out. But, but, uh, and, and I know this isn't going to happen, but I, I would have Mickey driving the bus because, because honestly, I don't think there was a plan to move on after Breeze left. That's why he's driving the bus. Right. I think you got to get somebody else to, to make decisions. Um, also, I, I, look, I, I know they don't think of it this way, but, but, but I, I mean, I think we kind of agree. I would rather them try to, try to, to get a fresh start here and get as much draft capital as they can, you know, you know, it, by trading guys away that they don't think. Like, I would look at the roster and go, look, who's not going to be here in three years? Or who, who's not going to be part, who's not going to be, you know, a young player that, that's still going to be part of, of whatever we think the process is going to be by the time we redo this. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and I would try to trade as many of them as I could. Uh, I mean, that's what I would do. You know, I don't think they think of it that way. I think they, they're going to try to piece this together because they can win the division next year. Because like you said, you know, it's very winnable. There's nobody in, in the division you're worried about. Yeah, man. I, like I said, it's it, it's just it's going to be interesting to see how the different variables all affect the eventual decision-making and, and then – pacing together of this team right I mean you have variables from where does Sean go you have variables from um what do some players decide to do you know more than anything else and you know to your point it's always right after the season which is why I'm waiting later and later we used to do like on Tuesday everybody's fresh and you want you want the whole team to go and I'm like dude you don't have any starters I mean you can't just get rid of everybody you remember that Jack go ahead oh yeah no, I just had one last question. I know you got to get to a break. Um, I know this might be hard for you to answer honestly, but what do you think is more impressive, Brady playing till like he is at age forty-five, yep. or LeBron being at the level he is at thirty-eight? Because I think it's harder to play basketball. But I'll hang up and listen, man. But I'd appreciate what you think. No doubt. Thank man. you. Uh, thank you, Jack. Appreciate it, dude. Now I'll try to work on that reunion show. But no, I, um, dude, I think what LeBron's doing right now is just crazy i mean the effort and energy it takes to kind of do what he was doing and, and be doing and you see brady still has his moments on there but does he elevate everybody else like he used to so i would say more on labu um go for fun and text or type in brandon staley on twitter search and just see how the chargers head coach is being viewed they lose to jacksonville at that to I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Support Tangover continues next on ESPN New Orleans.
This message sponsored by the Louisiana Workforce Commission. Our focus is to get you back to work, Louisiana. I'm Sine Villavaso. Come into our office. We have the resources and services you need. The people who work here have the passion to do the work. One thing we want them to know is that they matter. There is a great need here in the city of New Orleans. One of the things that we're trying to do here is provide opportunities. We're ready to get the citizens of New Orleans back to work. Find out how the Louisiana Workforce Commission can help you at laworks.net. We don't want you on our team. You're too slow and fat. This is weight bias. I'm worried about your weight. Don't you care what other people think? Millions who live and are affected by obesity face weight bias every day. You're not the right fit for this job. Unfair judgment by others. Just stop eating so much and exercise some. You lose all this weight. These people often blame themselves. It's just me. Nobody likes me. I do exercise and eat right. And I talk to my doctor. Weight bias hurts. Everyone deserves to be treated with dignity and respect. Your words and actions matter. Let's stop weight bias. Let's work together. Be part of the solution. Go to StopWeightBias.com and learn more. A public service message from Obesity Action Coalition. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Mike White should continue to play. Continue to start him, Robert Sala. We've already seen this happen before. We've seen it happen in Washington with Robert Vera and Carson Wentz. Taylor Heineke's out there. Dudes are playing for Taylor Heineke. You can see that. Guys are playing for Mike White. And it, it brings up a bigger discussion because I know when guys are drafted high, there's all this talk around quarterbacks and the word potential, right? I'd much rather have production than potential. G.J. and Max. Mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. You're listening to ESPN 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River Region. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, saddle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. It is hour number two, the Sports Hangover. John Sigler. Will Guillory joining us in hour one. We talk Pelicans. We take on the Pistons tonight. It's a game they gotta have. Gotta have Cleveland coming up on Monday. That is a 2.30 tip time for Martin Luther King Day. Six point favorites. Pelicans tonight in Detroit. Nicky Loomis speaking with local media. We'll go over what he had to say and what does it mean. I'm just gonna tell you now for those Saints fans that want answers on the offensive coordinator. Eh, gotta wait till next week. But he said next week to make decisions on that. Saints fans that want Dennis Allen gone for con. He's back. He's official. He's back. Touched on a handful of other things there as well as we will get into it here. Rafael Esparza 115. Marlon Favorite 205. And then Leo Haggerty coming up at 230. Leading off our number two dough. It's a great follow. At that boy wolf. Y'all know you do. He's also one of the Co-host for Saints Twitter podcasts. Name is Ryan Hinton. Ryan, how are you, sir, this afternoon? Thanks for your time. What's going on, buddy? Um, so what do you make of? Let's let's start with the season. Then we'll get to what Mickey had to say because I, I, I love following you and, and and you interact so much with Saints fans, man. And you just kind of give like a real world as it's happening feel about what's happening 
on the field and then off the field here as well, though, man. What do you make of what you saw in 2022, though? Ooh, man. Uh, I mean, it was disappointing. Uh, I guess that's the first thing you start with. But I guess we kind of should have saw this summer coming, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, on our podcast, we talked a lot about, you know, the coaching search that they did last year, um, how it was kind of pretty much pre-planned for them to go with Dennis Allen, who was already in-house. You know, Mickey Loom is just in his press of the day. He talked a lot about stability. And we always figured that would be the move. They would. They didn't want to blow things up too much. Uh, they wanted to stick with that Sean Payton culture, quote-unquote, and kind of keep that thing going with, with Dennis Allen. You know, and I think they assumed that it wouldn't be much, you know, there wouldn't be much changes from that if they went that route. Uh, but I, I think if you really looked at the games, you really saw a different, a different philosophy the way they approached, you know, approach football, especially with Dennis Allen. He approached the game as let's win these games, you know, thirteen to seven <laughs> every week <laughs> and do our best. And it, it was uh, my only thing. It just wasn't as fun, you know. I the seven and ten record, you know, that sucks. But it's also how you play, and I just I didn't have much fun watching them this season. That's a great point in that that aggressive kind of swagger feeling wasn't there, right, Ryan? I mean, that was kind of one of the things that that you looked at. I mean, look, it it's the game that to me should judge some of the decisions you make. It's the Tampa Bay game. I mean, it is. Yes. It, it's where be aggressive, and you know, you look at that game, and I just go back to it, man, in October. Um, Sean Payton, you know, who goes on every Monday on Colin Coward, and I've said this several times on the show, Ryan, he went on there on and on about what you do and how you coach against certain teams or specifically players. And he mentioned Rodgers, Mahomes, Allen, Brady. You have to coach differently because they can beat you if there's any time on the clock. They're masters of what they do. So, like, and, and I'm listening to it, and I'm like, there it is. That that's the yeah. difference there. You go to that third and one call. You go to even that Falcon game. I mean, Ryan, who doesn't think they're at least tying that game, man? If that play doesn't get made and and, and the receiver fumbles, right? I mean, Atlanta's probably oh. gonna win that game. They didn't score in the fourth quarter, right? Exactly. And listen, I mean, even look at the game they won against Philly. You know, it took uh, you know just a poor pass by Minshew and a great play by Lattimore to really seal that game because. You know, that game was tight all the way up until the end, you know. And that's a good guard to meet you, you know what I'm saying? I mean, oh, it, it was frustrating. And, look, one thing about Sean Payton, and, look, it's not fair to compare Dennis Allen to Sean Payton, but one thing about Sean Payton is he, his, his, what was great about him was his week-to-week, game-by-game, um, you know, strategies that he would come up with for a specific team. That's what kind of set him apart. It wasn't so much his offensive scheme and all that stuff. It was the way he would approach every game and attack it a different way. One game you might need to be aggressive, go for it on fourth down, you know, throw a lot of passes. Some games you play ball control, special teams, defense, and you approach it week to week where, you know, now it's pretty much, you know, the same <laughs> the same strategy every week. And, look, to be fair to Dennis Allen, he doesn't have Drew Brees. You know what I'm saying? He's, he was, mm-hmm. you know, he has a – Andy Dalton and, you know, James Winston and Taysom Hill. So, obviously, his options are somewhat limited, just to be fair to him. Speaking with Ryan Hinton at That Boy Wolf, 
Saints Twitter podcast co-host. Man, what do you make of that quarterback situation, right? I mean, this this entire year, there was no quarterback battle to begin with. He was your starter. Then when he's healthy after a broken back, you don't go to him. And um, I don't know what they do, man. I mean, it's just crazy just from that standpoint. Like, how did you view that to begin with? Well, to begin with, I was, you know, I was fine with going with Winston, you know, if they couldn't make a bigger move. And, you know, it was just unfortunate the way it worked out with the injuries and everything. And I think ultimately, D.A. realized that Andy Dalton was the style of quarterback he wanted to play with. He he felt like he could win with Andy Dalton, you know, because there's a lot of 15, you know, 15 play drives. He wasn't going to turn the ball over much. Um, you know, you're just going to get the ball to the AK and the receivers. Well, I wouldn't even say AK, but the receivers when he could. And he just wouldn't in he theory. Would play. <laughs> in theory, yeah. He would play within the structure of the offense. And I think that's what DA liked, where Jameis Winston was a little more of a wild curve. And, but I just, it's just unfortunate we'll never know what like a healthy Jameis really looked like. You know, we got a glimpse of it last year, you know, with his start under Sean Payton, but, We'd never really, really know, and I don't think he's going to be back anyway. So uh, it was kind of unfortunate. But I think with the quarterback situation, man, I mean, they went ball to the wall to try to get Deshaun Watson last year, regardless yeah. of how me and a lot of other people felt. I think they're going to be just as aggressive this year. You know, I think everything's on the table. The trade, free agents, uh, maybe the draft, who knows, man. But I think they're going to be aggressive again. I was just going to ask you where you would go from that standpoint. Are you a, a car Jimmy G sort of guy? Do you go all in and, you know, let Baltimore know, hey, if you don't want to pay Lamar, we will? Or do you bring back Andy or start Taysom Hill next year? And worst case, like I've been saying, Ryan, you're a three to five win team and you will draft in the top five next year and get your franchise quarterback. Right. Look, I'm, I'm, I struggle with David, uh, Derek Carr. Um, I probably would lean more Jimmy G. A lot of it's based on money and cost and draft picks and all that stuff. If you can get, you know, like a Jimmy G on a $20 million, $25 million contract, I think that'll work. You know, same with Derek Carr. If, it's, if the price is right, I think it'll work. My thing is I don't want to pay Derek Carr something like $35 million. Like that to me would be hustling backwards, man. Like I feel like if you get up to that amount, you may as well go all in and try to get Lamar Jackson, you know, or – uh, call up Chicago to see if they want to trade Justin Evans. You know, I just do something that's really crazy. But you know, those guys. I think I think Garoppolo will give you a little more than what Andy Dalton gives you. Mm-hmm. So I think he could succeed. And look, I'm not a big Derek Carr fan, but you can sell me on him mm-hmm. because if he did play for the Saints, it would easily be the best best defense he's ever played with in, in his career. Right. Um, so, you know, there could be some opportunities for him to play, you know, within the structure of an offense where he doesn't have to throw his way to wins every week. Um, so he, you could sell me on it, but honestly, it, it would just all depend on contracts and costs and all that stuff. Ryan, I do this every year on the show, the week after the, the season ends, postseason, regular season, whatever. I do the bus segment. Who are we putting <laughs> on the bus, shipping them out of town? Uh, I, I, I'm circumventing that before we even start that 
uber black for P. Carmichael. I know everyone's going to want to put him on there. <laughs> We've made <laughs> bus drivers in the past. I think we're just we're going to uber black a, a, just a car for him. Make sure he gets to his destination. And my reasoning, Ryan, is because he if he's driving the bus. He's going to confuse himself, or he may not know the route to get to the airport. Do you go airline? Do I go Williams to Vets? Do I get on the interstate oh. off Loyola? Is it Atlantic Aviation, general boarding? There's just too many variables in his head since he told me that he doesn't throw to Alvin Kamara because it's how the game is played out. So, I mean, I don't need him to get confused. Uber black oh. or P. Carmichael. But who are you putting on the bus, man? And getting him out of there? Yeah. Man, listen. I respect Andy. I respect Andy Dalton. Sure. I really do respect. And he played fine this year. I don't want to see him anymore. I just don't want to see Andy Dalton the black and gold anymore. I go somewhere else. I'd rather take go with any other quarterback that at least has some high upside, even if it's risky being really bad. I just can't do the Andy Dalton QB purgatory road anymore. I'm just kind of over it. So bust him on out of here, man. Okay. Put him on the RTA and just let him go. Well, I mean, you know, we, we do it nice. We we go limo bus sometimes. I mean, it depends on how many. <laughs> I mean, there was one year, Ryan, where there went 79, one of those 79 seasons. We needed a hotard. Okay, we needed doubles, double rows. I mean, it was, it was nuts. So right now we're by, I think, limo bus level. So far we've gotten Davenport and such. But let me ask you. Is Michael Thomas on the bus? Oh, he, he he's on the bus, baby. He he's in the front seat. <laughs> he, he in gets, the front seat. He's out of here, man. He gets, he gets the coach's seat. There's always that seat, right? When you walk in, the very first one on the window, passenger side, front row, is always for the coach. So you putting him right there up in front? <laughs> he's right in front. He's ready to go, man. Like, when they did that contract restructure, that was it. That was all I needed to see. That was it. Um... Is Tyron Matthew on there? No. No, okay. Tyron's not on there. And look, man, I I was really disappointed um with the way he played at the beginning of the year. Right. But I thought towards I, I thought things settled down as def, the defense got a little healthier and he found a, kind of his role in the in the defense. I thought he played well. And contractually, he's not going nowhere. He's he's going to be with this team at least next year and uh Look, I think he became a better player for the Saints. So, but yeah, in the beginning of the season, man, I was ready to throw him on that bus. If you would have asked me that, like, you know, two months ago, Honey Badger would have been probably right next to uh, Michael Thomas on that there, thing. There is. Like I said, I, I'm with you, and it is interesting you say that because I do think a month ago, right, five weeks ago, even we probably are getting a hotard. You, you want to throw and ship everybody out, but you did see, you know, health did matter, right? I mean, getting right. Lattimore back helped. Getting Alante Taylor healthy helped. I mean, you never really had a Debo. Ross Jackson was saying this yesterday from Locked On Saints. Yeah, never saw a single snap, man, with a Debo um, and Lattimore and the safeties. Like, it, it's nuts when you think yeah. about it. It never happened. So you yeah. did see them play better when they got healthier. I don't know. What about Andres Pete? Is Andres Pete on the bus? Oh, man, Pete. Pete's just Pete, man. Pete got his own call. He hitting the raisin canes. <laughs> Going to get him two pieces of bread and the five wings, you know. Nah, man, I, but I, he might be on the bus, you know. I mean, because looking at his contract, he might be shipped out. But, man, they have a lot of question marks on the offensive line. Yeah. You know, with Penning, getting a list frank at the end of the season. Yeah, it's two you foot got surgery, Ramchick man. dealing with. Yeah. Yeah, having surgery. Ramchick, um, he ain't dealing with a knee, been dealing with a knee injury. 
Um, you got Caesar Ruiz. He's also hurt, but he should be back by training camp. Just a lot of so they might not really, you know, have a, you know, they might need Pete, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> man. I tell you, uh, he's he he went he went from the Matador Ruiz. Went to the Matador, but he had a nice year this year. So I, I don't know, I don't know he who I'm, I'm calling the, the the Matador this year, but it's just um, it's just tough, dude. Like I look at that O line, I look at that D line. I mean, Luma saying yeah. today the doors open. That's never something good you want to hear for a first round pick. But the doors right. open for Davenport and Anyamata to return. I, I think that's uh. the biggest disappointment level there. It's not like they haven't tried. They've wasted. Well, they've taken two first round picks, if not more, when you include that you had a throwing another one for Davenport and Turner yeah. and him. But, Ryan, Peyton Turner can't be a healthy scratch, dude, in a meaningless game. Like, think about that. A meaningless game. Why wouldn't you give him the snaps? It doesn't mean anything. I, I mean, I don't know what that was. I don't know if that was to teach him a lesson. Right. Or something like that. But Messing that was sent? wildly disappointing because it was crazy to me was, you know, as hard as, as we've been on our past podcast on Peyton Turner, uh, I thought he played decent. You know, in the last couple of weeks, and I was just surprised to me for him to get healthy and not be a, be a, be a uh, healthy scratch. And you know, at least just to see what you got going into next year, and be like, okay, is this going to be a guy I could depend on going into the twenty twenty three season? Because, but judging by him being a healthy scratch in the final game of the season, I don't think he is. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh. It's very interesting, man. Uh, before we let you go, man, who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl here? Or, like, not even that this weekend. Like I'm, I have, I have reasons to go for the Jags, right? Because I think then the, the yeah. Chargers fire Brian Staley, then that throws yeah, them. Yeah. them. I'm rooting for <clears throat> the Buccaneers in case Dallas <laughs> loses. You know, for that aspect. <laughs> like, are you looking at games like that from a Saints perspective? Absolutely, especially this weekend. Uh, I think. I think depending on what happens this weekend, you can see one or two more teams hop into those Sean Payton sweepstakes, which we, you know, I think we're going to start finding some answers next week once he's been able to interview and all that stuff. But if you can get one of those, if you can get Miami, you know, that's another dark horse. Mm -hmm. If you can get one of those teams in the mix, you know, things could get, you know, hot on these streets for Sean Payton. <laughs> uh, but as far as like who I'm rooting for the Super Bowl, you know, I mean, the Jags are, you know, unlikely to make the Super Bowl. It's nice that they made the playoffs, but I'm rooting for them. I, I always enjoy communicating with their fan base, um, and I think they deserve to, you know, just enjoy some winning. Um, but, you know, Bengals, you know, Joe Burrow, I always have, I wouldn't love, I would love, I would love to see Joe Burrow make another, take another chance at that Super Bowl and finally win it. Yeah, I'm with you, man. At that boy wolf is the way to follow Ryan Hinton over on Twitter. Saints Twit Pod as well on Twitter. When's the next one coming out, man? How can people get it? Uh, we just released a new episode uh, yesterday, so you can go jump on any you know podcast app and search for hashtag Saints Twitter Podcast and follow us and enjoy the talk. Awesome, man. Thank you so much for hopping on today, Ryan. Appreciate you, brother. Yeah, for sure. Have a good weekend. Uh, quick break. We come back. Rafael Esparza will go over those games, the latest lines, and now the injury news. How does it change? Who you bet for? You don't. We're taking over on ESPN New Orleans. Teaming up to create a healthier community, Coastal Broadcasting and Thibodeau Regional Medical Center present Health Watch. 
For most athletes, a gradual warm-up has very real benefits and can help prepare the body for a more intense exercise. A thorough warm-up helps to increase blood flow to the working muscle, which results in decreased muscle stiffness, reduced risk of injury, and often improved performance. An effective warm-up has a number of very important key elements. These elements work together to minimize the likelihood of sports injury from physical activity. When warming up, start with the easiest and most gentle activity first, building upon each part with more energetic activities until the body is at physical and mental peak. The first step towards your best workout is a general warm-up. You want to work for about 10 minutes and end your warm-up feeling well, warm, and sweating lightly. The purpose of the general warm-up is to raise the heart rate and your breathing. This also helps to increase the muscle temperature, which means your muscles are ready for more vigorous activity. The next step towards your best workout is sport-specific warm-up. The warm-up you do will depend on your sport. During this part of the warm-up, you should up the intensity, doing the same movements you'll be doing in your workout or event. For example, football players must work to stretch their hip flexors, quads, hamstrings, calves, trunk, glutes, and upper body. Each and every muscle throughout the body is used to maximize a football player's running, jumping, blocking, and catching potential. This series of stretches can capture each of these movements to better prepare the athlete for his position. When warming up, start with the easiest and most gentle activity first, building upon each part with more energetic activities until the body is at physical and mental peak. The first step towards your best workout is a general warm-up. If you have questions about proper warm-up before activity, please contact the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at www.thibodeau.com. If you have questions about proper warm-up before activity, please contact the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional at 985-493-4502 or visit us at www.thibodeau.com. Health Watch is a presentation of Coastal Broadcasting in Thibodeau Regional Medical Center. For more information on the Sports Medicine Center of Thibodeau Regional, call 985-493-4502 or visit Thibodeau.com. Looking for uncommon talent? Meet the grads of life. They're not the typical candidates you're used to, but they're exactly who your company needs. An ideal fit for entry-level positions, internships, and even mentorships. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn more. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Question. Would you seat your three-year-old child on a windowsill? And would you seat them in a car seat that's not the correct one? Secure their future. Seat them in the correct car seat. More info at safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. From your first sunrise to the sunset of life, we are with you through life's journey. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. Visit socialsecurity.gov. Oh, big talker, ain't you? The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. they're going to be missing and then also with how and why Mike Evans was playing in a week 18 game that had no bearing on seeding whatsoever and now you're not going to have him uh, for the first round of the playoffs that's a big issue for the Chargers. Tim Hasselbeck ESPN football analyst on the news that uh, Chargers top receivers out 
three to four weeks, has some issues with his back. Rafael Esparza, how does that um, how does that play into a number of different things here, right? How are you, sir? It's, uh, it's doing pretty well. The number didn't change. I mean, everyone thinks when they hear, oh, wide receivers out or running back. I mean, that doesn't usually do anything for odds. Or something. There's probably maybe three quarterbacks who are probably playing Saturday, Sunday, Monday that would affect the odds where uh, you would have to double-check your numbers or move something around. But wide receivers, running backs, defense doesn't mean anything. That's in fact, it, it was two and a half before the Williams news came out. It's still two and a half uh, going into it. Hmm. You know what's interesting? Um, obviously, a lot of talk is about Lamar Jackson. He tweeted that the knee injury is more serious that um, he'd love to be out there, but the ligaments around the PCL and all that in his knee is just not going to work all there. I just saw this graphic on, on ESPN, and they're talking about it on Max Kellerman's Justin. I don't know if you just saw this. Notable QBs that signed new deals this offseason. Deshaun Watson, 230. Kyler Murray, 189.5. Russell Wilson, 165. Rodgers, 150.7. Matthew Stafford, 130. And then underneath all of that, all five missed the playoffs this season. Is that incredible to you? It's, it's shocking. When I, I saw that. Uh, someone uh, posted that, I think, on social media uh, early this morning. Or just, uh, I saw it. It was a head-scratcher because I had to double-check to see if that was correct. I'm like, wow, none of those quick QBs are in the playoffs. And the reason I guess I bring that up is because Mickey Loomis today, you know, was touching on different aspects and – what the Saints are going to do at quarterback and all of that is reigns to be seen. You know, we were talking about this yesterday over at Katie's when you were part of the show. I, I am not the – I'm just throwing money at a guy hoping that happens because I think there's other things on this team you need to do. But who do you think, though, are the quarterbacks that teams will throw 100 to $200 million at this offseason? I think Jackson's probably going to be the highest one uh, out of the bunch. I don't see anyone else being in that. I mean, Carr will probably get a, a nice uh, bump in pay. But I think those two, I mean, let's Aaron Rodgers go somewhere else uh, or, or Tampa Tom go somewhere else. Maybe LV Tom, we might be calling him. Uh, those would be the only ones. I don't see anybody else. I, like I said, I don't think that's why you're going to see an abundance of quarterbacks being taken right away, and then and the odds for next year's Super Bowl are going to move. But there's probably only two that I think that can move the needle for the Super Bowl, and that's if, if Tampa Tom goes to uh, Sin City. Uh, now that he's a single guy, why won't you go to Sin City? There's a lot of strip clubs around there and plays for the Raiders. Or uh, Aaron Rodgers, I say, you know what, I want to go to Northern Cal. I want to go play for the 49ers or, or stuff like that. I think those two might be the only ones that would blow up the, the future odds for next year. Mm. Interesting. Where do you think the Colts go at quarterback? Yeah, that was probably a big one. <laughs> Can the Colts go 0 for what, 0 for 4, 0 for 5 for choosing quarterbacks? That was interesting. I, I have no idea because they're going to be very, very, very cautious when it comes to uh, picking uh, their quarterbacks just because they, uh, they've they been bit in the butt uh, a little bit. I, I don't know where to go because, like I said, I think Carr goes to the Jets. Uh, I think uh, Brady, if he comes back, I think he goes to the Raiders. I think if not, Jimmy G will go to the Raiders. Uh, it's going to be very, very interesting to see who the Indianapolis. Let's let's get pick up a, a head coach first for Indianapolis. Right. The reason I ask is the Colts have the fourth pick overall, right? Yeah, I mean, I could see them drafting a, a quarterback and then maybe getting one of these other quarterbacks to me. You know, play uh, uh, year one, 
so maybe you could see like a Flacco or, or even a White. Uh, Mike White could be out there or something like that, Zach Wilson. Someone out there to maybe, you know, hold the ship until this new guy can uh, take over. Who do you think is the, the head coach there? I heard it's only between two people. I heard uh, the, the, the Jeff Saturdays and, uh, and and the Harbaugh. Those who are those are who are there swimming for the fences. If not, then you're going to hear Leslie Frazier. Well, I bring ben that up Johnson. because Jim Ursay this morning tweeted that they just finished interviewing Eric Bieniemy. I mean, I, I mean, you already know how I felt about it. He must be one of the world's worst interviewers. Uh, in there, because uh, he should have had a job. Uh, I don't know him personally, but like I said, I've heard he does, but uh, he has not interviewed well. No, it's crazy. Uh, but that is one team already in the Eric Bieniemy interviewing process that has happened there. All right, let's take a look at the games uh, themselves here. The very latest line San Francisco nine point favorite, 330 tomorrow against the Seahawks. Who do you like and why? This is going to be a very bad weather game. I heard it's supposed to be raining buckets in San Francisco at this time. I would not be shocked if we still see minus 10 uh, in San Francisco. It's 9.5 now. I think the betting public is going to be all over San Francisco. But Geno Smith has given me the middle finger all season long. Uh, I said, yeah, I can't believe he's still collecting a paycheck. I can't believe he's still in the league. And he's gotten his team to uh, the playoffs. If this goes to 10, I might have to take a shot at Geno Smith because I have a feeling he'll – Give me the middle finger. I think the 49ers do win this one, but that's a big number. Okay. Um, that's what I was thinking, right? That number is something else. Chargers and Jags here. Saints fans eagerly watching and hoping Trevor oh, Lawrence. Here we go. Be, absolutely, baby. Throwing the Chargers into the Sean Payton sweepstakes. Chargers, though, a one-and-a-half point favorite. No way Brandon Staley loses this game, huh? I, I met your boy Jackson personally yesterday, and he and he put out guns right there. There's no way the Saints are getting a top ten draft pick for Sean Payton. So it doesn't matter if the Chargers win this game, lose this game. I think the Chargers do lose this game because give me Marsha Brady's hairdo, Trevor Lawrence uh, in the second half. I think that's when the Jaguars control it, like they did last week with the Titans. I like the Jags. West Coast to East Coast trip there, too. Um, Sunday, Dolphins and Bills. No Teddy. Two gloves. It's the Skyler Thompson. Their running back is injured. Roy's making excuses already. The Bills, though, 13-and-a-half point favorite. And i got to imagine DeMar Hamlin's making his way on that field somehow. Uh, thank you for Skyler Thompson for giving me my pizza. He does work at Katie's uh, and be playing starting quarterback for Sunday because I don't know who this guy is. But, no, I think if the – if you know you're minus 13, half minus 14, and Miami has no quarterbacks, wouldn't you want to push Hamlin out for a game that's going to need the crowd to extra motivation? I don't think they bring him out this game. I think Buffalo does win this game. I don't think Miami wins no matter who's their quarterback. Bring out Hamlin for a game that you're really going to need some energy in that crowd. Okay, I agree. Um, the other game, of course, on Sunday is Giants and Vikings, man. Minnesota three-point favorite here. I mean, the Vikings are a 13-win team, but I also feel like if they lose, people will be like, "Aha! Uh-huh, see, told you. I don't know. Yeah, this, uh, this one will go to two and a half before kickoff because we can't beg for Minnesota money. Everyone's just like you, the New York Giants, New York Giants money, plus three, plus three, Minnesota biggest frauds in the NFL. I think Minnesota wins by double digits tomorrow. I'm going to wait to see if this one goes down to two and a half. I like the Vikings just because everyone else in the world likes the Giants. 
Ravens and Bengals. Uh, I'm, I, poor Scott yesterday, huh? I mean, I, I, I fully expect by next Thursday when we're live at Franceschi, we'll have a Bengals tattoo, like a tiger on him or something. He is all in on Cincy. Eight and a half point favorites on the Ravens. Uh, if there's one uh, ugly, ugly game, it could be Buffalo, Miami, but I think it could be this one. Even though they just played Baltimore okay. and they beat them. Uh, I think Cincinnati wins this one. I like this game going over. It's 40 and a half. I know Baltimore struggled on offense, but I think they'll put up some points on the board. This is a very, very low total. I like it over. Since he wins, but I think Baltimore covers. The GOAT. 7-0 and against the Cowboys. Tom Brady 7-0 and against them, but they're underdogs. Dallas two and a half point favorite for Monday's game. The highest-scoring game will be the Monday night game. I think we're going to see a lot of points. I think really? we're going to see Dallas's offense like we saw all November and early December. But I'm calling it right here. Tampa Tom wins in a big blowout, and Sean Payton cancels his trip to Denver because he's flying to <laughs> Dallas to talk to the Jones and the Cowboys. No That's what you Give me Tampa. Come on. You think Michael yeah. Parsons and, uh, and that defense going to let the, the Bucks throw all over? All over. Tampa wins big. Sean Payton cancels his trip to Denver to fly to Dallas. Oh, man. I, I, I almost fear the opposite. I, I think Tampa gets smoked. Oh, uh, I can see that. It, it, it all depends. If Dallas' offense, like we saw all November and early December, if they can put put some points up, then I don't think Tampa time and that offense can go toe-to-toe with the Cowboys offense. But if Tampa puts up some points quickly up on the board and now Dallas maybe has to uh, eliminate the run game and can Prescott eliminate turnovers, then I think we're going to see another game. I just like to see a, a whole bunch of points because it's a Monday night game. I'll be watching NBA all Monday afternoon because it's Martin Luther King. I can watch a football game at night. Uh, it's going to be a good Monday. Well, that was one of the opening Monday night or Sunday night game, right, this year? Week one, yeah, yeah. And the, so and that that game was boring. I mean, yeah, Tampa just handed it to him. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Rafael, have a great weekend, man. Take it easy, great weekend. All right, take care. Open phone lines eight hundred nine nine eight one double zero three. Chime in on the conversation. We'll go over again what Mickey Lewis had to say earlier today, and we'll get your thoughts. Fans, Tango Radio, SP New Orleans. This Blue and Red Report is brought to you by New Orleans Roast. 100% Arabica coffee beans brings the uniqueness of New Orleans to your cup. Small batch roasted in the marinade. Our dark, medium, and dark roast in chicory are true taste of New Orleans. The Pelicans are at 12-33 and 33 Detroit tonight. Now, the Pistons are coming off of a 135-118 win over Minnesota, while the Pelicans lost at Boston 125-114. C.J. McCollum did all he could. He put up 38 points at one point, knocking down six straight threes. Extremely impressive. He's a pro, and uh, he's always ready, uh, even... When he started the season a little slow, he's gotten himself going. And, you know, it's incredible to see how consistent he is and his efficiency on the floor. So until Zion and B.I. get back, how about a little help for C.J.? Coach Green says Trey Murphy can be that despite his recent struggles from beyond the arc. When he has daylight, he has to be ready to shoot the ball and, and get it off quickly. Look, he's on the scouting report now. You can tell the way teams are guarding him. They're closer and they're closing out to his feet. They're trying to make him a driver. So he has to do more to get himself ready and in a position to shoot threes. But 
He's more than capable of putting the ball on the floor and .5 getting to the basket or swinging it to a teammate. Tip time tonight set for 6 p.m. For more on the Pelicans, keep it here on ESPN New Orleans. This Blue and Red Report has been brought to you by New Orleans Roast. Try our flavored coffees like the Breakfast Blend, Creme Brulee, Bananas Foster, Bourbon Pecan Pie, Chocolate Beignet, and of course, Southern Pecan. New Orleans Roast Coffee, a true taste of New Orleans. Start your day the New Orleans way with New Orleans Roast Coffee. A small batch roasted coffee made right in the heart of the Crescent City. From our signature Southern Pecan flavored coffee to our classic rich dark roast and chicory blend, New Orleans Roast is your everyday, anytime celebration. Pick up a bag or two today. Available at your favorite local grocer. New Orleans Roast Coffee. A true taste of New Orleans. How can we be excited about a show where we just talk? Talk sports. That's how they talk in the major league. Now back to The Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengau. 800-998-1003. It is a topic right now. Has Brandon Staley actively lost games for the Chargers? I would argue that last year against the Raiders in the season finale that would have sent them to the playoffs, the answer was clearly yes, he has. Now you are going in shorthanded into a playoff game because of a boneheaded decision by a head coach. To me, at some point, if you're the organization, you got to look around and say, my coach is a liability because he loses us games instead of winning us games. It is liability when it comes to, to Brandon Taylor. I, I'm telling you, if it, it could happen. It could happen where he's uh, he's interested in there. Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL Insider. She was asked, what is Sean Payton looking for? Like, specifically. What does he want? Diana? He's somebody that has a list of things that he's looking for. And one of those things is he wants a quarterback, right? He, he's not going to go to a place that is rebuilding. He's going to want to go in there and, and have some talent, especially after we saw uh, life without Drew Brees, what, how difficult that was for him. So uh, you look at all the teams that are in search, and Sean Payton is also a type that's going to want a lot of power and a lot of control. So you're going to need a GM that's going to be willing to give him that, or perhaps maybe an organization that doesn't even have a GM yet, like the Arizona Cardinals, who we know are in search for one. So Arizona is definitely one of those spots I, got, I have my eye on, and I, I'm not going to turn the page on New Orleans just yet. I think that is, that is always going to be on the table for, for Coach Payton, and, and who knows? Maybe this could be a situation where he could convince Tom Brady to join him. Well, Mickey Loomis earlier today said that, sh- no, not Sean Payton. Dennis Allen will remain as the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Um, he spoke earlier this afternoon around noon with local reporters and the cap. He'd like to manage it towards the middle, not blowing it up and completely be under it and all of that stuff and getting rid of every single high cap player. I don't think that's, well, he said that's not where they're going to go, want to do. He also touched on the fact that the contract restructuring with Michael Thomas was for the benefit of the player and the team. Flexibility was the word he used when it came to that. Um, he also touched on, I know, you're, you're waiting for it right now. Well, what's up with Pete Carmichael? He said staff decisions won't start until next week. So, taking this week, taking the weekend, deciding on what it is that they need to do. 
I guess it makes sense to sort of pause from it, then probably speak with your head coach about it before you then probably meet with that staff next week and make those decisions on there. Like, I don't think they're not going to start thinking about what they need to do next week. I think that's just when that's decided. Does that make sense? I I think that's how I look at it, at least. Like, I don't think Monday morning at 8.30, Mickey Loomis sits down, pours his cup of coffee, and goes, all right, well, let's talk about the offensive coordinator. I, I I think they've been talking about that all season, every day, throughout the season, in this off season, and once the decision is that Dennis Allen's coming back, which again, I don't think it was made this week. I think it was made a couple of weeks ago and continuing in there. I don't know, but again, there he is. So those evaluations uh, haven't happened yet. They'll happen next week. So they took the week to kind of think about it or they took the week to talk it amongst themselves at certain spots, but they didn't go through every single evaluation, much less staff, just yet. At least that's what he said today. He did touch on the fact with the Sean Payton situation, the teams that have asked for permission to speak with him, and we know it's the Broncos, the Cardinals, and the Texans. He said they have an idea of what it takes to trade for him, the compensation Right, He says, look, each team's different because of what they have, obviously, but there's an understanding, essentially, of what it is that it's going to cost and that it's going to cost. So I think it's whatever Sean decides that that team is the team he wants to go to, then you would look at what they have, then you make the offer, they counter offer, you make another offer, whatever, and it gets settled. Um, So that's how it kind of goes from that standpoint. Now, Nick Underhill responded, and again, that's why I just played the Diana Rossini bite, right? If you hear the next couple of days, national members go, well, you know, don't rule out the same. That that is a negotiation ploy. He's not coming back here. Somebody just tweeted at, at, at Nick with the blue check mark. Any chance of him coming back to the Saints, Nick? Underhill, New Orleans at football. Nope. <laughs> he's in the know. He's had Sean on his podcast. Nope. It's not, it's not happening. Okay. It's I, I, not that you should be surprised, but I'm just saying, Diana Rossini's saying that this morning. And she's on TV right now. Well, don't rule out the Saints. That is not for us to hear. That is for. Dallas fans, oh man, he's gonna go back. Charger fan, oh no. Broncos fans, you better, better lock him down Tuesday. Texans fans, give him the two before he goes back to New Orleans. <laughs> he's not coming back here. Randy from the West Bank, what you got for us today on the Sports Hangover, sir? Thanks for calling. Hey, what's up, Gus? How you doing, man? Doing well, man. Man, I'm gonna be honest with you, Gus. Uh, it, it, I kind of seen it coming that that um that Mickey was gonna maybe do something crazy and keep Dennis Allen, man. But w- when you see him do it, you know it's another thing to actually like hear him say that we're going to go forward with Dennis Allen as our head coach, yeah, and kind of like throw Pete Carmichael under the bus, regardless if he was bad this year or not. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it, you know, it was the offense. It was bad. We had no quarterback. It was injuries. Like, 
at this point, Gus, I'm not going to another Saints game. I'm not spending another dime on the Saints until they have another head coach, man. I wanted Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson won the AFC South in his first year in the playoffs. Dennis Allen doesn't even know if we're playing a game this week or not. It, it, it just beyond frustrates me that, that they're bringing this guy back. And, Gus, I'm saying this not personally sure. towards him, but the guy is a loser. Like, look at his record. You are what your record says you are in football. And every indication when you look back with Dennis Allen is he's a loser. His teams are losers. His teams turn the football over. They don't get turnovers. They lead the they lead the league in uh, penalties. Um, just sloppy football. And until and until they make a change, the Saints will always. They won't be the greatest. They won't be the worst. They'll just be stuck right in the middle. Eight wins a year, maybe nine. Like on the cusp of going to the playoffs every year. Right in the middle where you don't want to be. And let me ask you this question. What does Dennis Allen know about grooming a quarterback, picking a quarterback? You know, you bring, like, up, you bring up the point, Randy, that, that I've been saying to. Um, pros. I think Dennis Allen knows football. I think he's a good guy. I think the personality is a bit refreshing after Sean Payton in certain degrees for some people. I think his players respect him. I, I absolutely do. I think they play hard for him. I mean, I, I don't know how else you can look at. The defense does. That's what I'm saying. And, 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 and again, and I don't think it's, um, a level where, look, you, you go back to Alvin Camaro. He said he, he went and talked to Dennis about it. So, and, and let's go to Michael Thomas. I know there, there's some people that have certain feelings about him, but Michael Thomas himself also said he loves the way that Dennis Allen's been. Jarvis Landry said he's loved the way. So those are offensive guys. My point being that while they, they maybe don't, hang out in the offensive room with him, his communication skills with them or being able to speak with them or feeling that that door is open for them to go talk to them exist, right? And, and in today's professional athlete world, I mean, that's a key. Can, can somebody communicate with their players? I think when I look at this season, Randy, it was an overestimation of the roster. I think it took longer for cohesiveness to happen, not only on the field, but I think amongst the staff, too, as crazy as it sounds. Because I'm like, all you're doing is changing offices, right? I mean, you're, you know, it's instead of down the hall, you're on this side of the hall. But different responsibilities, different ways. I, I think there was a, a an overestimation of, hey, I don't need to ride you the way Sean did. Um we're going to get more relaxed, but then I, I think got too relaxed. You know, I, I go back to how Alvin Kamara talked about practice. They were making mistakes, and nobody was saying anything. And it bothered them, and it affected them. But they, so you saw, you saw them get better, but it still never answers what you just said. The most important thing in the NFL is you better have a quarterback. I mean, you, we can go to the... Well, the Ravens, the Bucks, and these other teams won, and the Bears and Giants without good quarterbacks with Hostetler. It did. They had super defenses. 
like the 85 Bears. Like, they, they were named. You know what I'm saying? Like, those defenses were named. I mean, the Ravens, like, they had super defenses. I don't know who my starting defensive line is next year. They can't stop the run. I don't know who my right defensive end is because I can't hit on a first-round draft pick at that spot. So they're not a super defense to where I can overcome it with, We let's hope the quarterback thing happens. And that's, to your point, Randy, why I could have seen this team and probably would have suggested to this team move on and bring in an offensive coordinator slash head coach kind of a person because yes. who's going bring to in decide an offensive-minded you know? head coach yeah. who can go find a quarterback. And I, I want a coach who, who calls plays on offense, get you a really good defensive coordinator like Sean Payton did. I'm not saying you need a Sean Payton, but there's plenty, plenty of young offensive-minded head coaches uh, or uh, coaches out there, period, that can be head coaches. Let me say this real quick, um, Gus, if I have time. You know, Mickey's talking about the possibility or the window of bringing back Marcus Davenport. Thus, he had, me and you could have had alcohol beverages on the field and had a half a sack. He had a half a sack this year, Gus. A half a sack. And we're talking about bringing him back? Gus, the, the, the Saints aren't a quarterback away, man. The fact that Mickey Loomis last year traded our first-round pick because he thought we were a receiver away from making a deep playoff run, honestly, that should have gotten him fired. I got. I got to tell you, I that that's kind of what I. I almost wanted to hear the David Griffin presser. I got it wrong. That's right. Exactly. Like I, I wanted Thank to hear you. the very first words out of his mouth. Probably be like, "My bad. It didn't work out." You know. Um, yeah, I mean, Randy, they went after Deshaun Watson, and you don't do that if you don't think that you're that guy away from the Super That's Bowl. why and they did. Yeah, yes. and they're not. Thank you, man. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you for phone All right, guys. You too. Quick break. More of your phone calls on ESPN New Orleans. Celebrating 75 years in business. Danos has been setting the standard for generations. How about becoming a part of something bigger and join the team? We're currently hiring for welders, fitters, and blaster painters to work at our fabrication yard in LaRose. You can apply now at www.danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. In honor of all those we've lost to cancer and those still fighting and thriving, like basketball analyst and cancer champion Dick Vitale. I want to beat cancer. I'm going to beat it. That's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to win this battle. Defeating cancer will take all of us. Join our team to help fund game-changing research that saves lives. At the V Foundation, V is for victory over cancer. V is for victory over the odds. V is for victory over health disparities, victory over setbacks, victory over the unknown. V is for victory over giving up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Join the V Foundation team and help save lives. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind, it cannot touch my heart, and it cannot touch my soul. Join our team in the fight against cancer at V.org. 
Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. Oh, big talker, ain't you? A man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. elsewhere yet this offseason. He also said that if Sean Payton does accept a new job and wants a member of the front office, that if it's a lateral move, they'll likely say no. So like Kai Hartley or Jeff Ireland, like they'd have to, their assistant GMs, right? Or, you know, Kai is the cap guru. I mean, they'd have to be hired as a GM for them to allow that to happen. So I thought that was interesting, though. Um, because I've always, not I wouldn't say always, but I think it's safe to speculate that if I'm Sean Payton, one of the things that I would like and I would want is to be able to pick my GM, and I'm very comfortable with maybe some people in that building that I can work with. And you wonder if he, quote-unquote, poaches um, either staff members or front office personnel. 800-998-1003. Let's go across the lake over in Mandeville. Giger, how are you, man? Thanks for calling. Hello? I'm here. Push the button. Oh, UT Joe. What's up, bud? There you are. You push the button. (laughs) Are you there? What's the button? What are you talking about? The button to let me on the air, man. You're here. You're talking. Real quick. What you got? Look, real quick. Let me me share this with you about Sean Payton, okay? Mm -hmm. If the Houston Texans end up wanting to hire Sean, I don't think they're going to give up the two number ones. I don't know why y'all sitting there grubbing for picks for Sean Payton. Do you realize the NFL got it in for Sean Payton? They never forgave this guy for lying to him about Bounty Gate. You honestly think you're going to get two number ones for Sean Payton? Seriously. I mean, you could ask. I'm asking. Yeah. Well, why not? You do. If the team's um, desperate enough to do so, and if you wanted to play hardball enough, it could be like uh, either that happens or, you know, go enjoy the studio inside Fox again. That GM at at the Texans is no dummy. He's not that desperate for Sean Payton. I guarantee you that. It may not be his decision, though. What if the the ownership, you know, lets him go then (laughs) in order to bring it in? Well, that's true. The owner, now, there lies the problem. The owner is an idiot. Yeah. Okay? McNair's an idiot. Now, the only way, you, you could get away with it with Arizona and Bidwell, because they don't care. Okay? But, and you could get away with it with Denver. Okay? Because they're new to the game. Mm-hmm. Okay? The Waltoners, or whatever his name is, from the Walton family. But those guys, are, but I'm just saying, I find it very hard to believe that the Saints are in a place to where they can dictate the terms for Sean Payton. Okay? 
because Sean's going to go back to him and say, dude, y'all got to let me out of this thing because I need a job. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's either that or he'll wait another – it's January now. He'll wait another year and get the job of his choice without you guys, without any compensation. Okay? That's all I'm saying. And real quick, can I say something about Matt Moscona, that boozing clown from Baton Rouge? Think that LSU is going to go to the World Series? Really? College World Series? You tell that clown, y'all said that last year, and it didn't happen. And it's the same old story about college baseball. LSU ranked number one. They're going to the College World Series. Really? Really? Let's see what happens first. I'll let you go. Okay. There it is. Um, as always, appreciate the time. You too, Joe. Um, I, look, I, I do think from the standpoint of Mickey Loomis even saying it today, and you go back to the reports over the weekend, the idea what that compensation is going to be seems to be understood at least by the three teams that have asked for permission. And look, I it's something to think about, right? Who who do you think makes the most sense for Sean Payton of those three? I think with Russell Wilson's, and, and I think they're all different levels of need or desire to want Sean, right? Like when it comes to Denver, they have two hundred plus mil in that Russell Wilson deal. I mean, all that stuff. I mean, they got they got to win with him, right? I mean, one of the reasons everyone said they're a Super Bowl contender when they made that move for Russell Wilson was good running back, great defense, contenders. If you throw it in the quarterback, so in their mind, it's a short window. It's a short need. Like we want to be competitive now. Sean signs with them. And could care less about picks because, in their mind, it's to try to win the Super Bowl next year. That's a big difference, right? The Texans is build us up to eventually be a Super Bowl champion. You essentially would be doing what you did in New Orleans when you showed up there. The Texans is 2006, Sean. Isn't it? Culture. Make the logo on the helmet worth something. Go through some trials and runs and errors on some players like they did early on. Things of that nature. All of that, right? Like, that's going to be the key. More than anything. The Cardinals are kind of an in-between. The Cardinals are, I think, with Sean, they could be a playoff team. Again, though, you look at that division, Seattle... And San Francisco, I think talent-wise, and especially with, you don't know if um, if Kyler Murray is going to be healthy for the start of the season. I, but th- that thing to me, I, I, I start and stop there. Like, part of my interview with the Cardinals will be, I need to talk to Kyler Murray. Like, I need to find out if it's true. Do you spend all that time? On video games. I'm asking the ownership. 
Like, why did you feel the need to put in a contract the clause that he has to study and spend so many hours doing so? Now, ego, confidence can can make Sean go, I can get him to do that. But does he want to deal with that? Either Either you're that guy or not, man. Either you're that guy or not. And I'm just saying, I, that guy doesn't take it from reporters that are friends or, or you know, that he's friendly with. I, I, I can't imagine him taking a quarterback that looks at his head coach that's now fired and says, calm the F down in a game. Like, maybe he doesn't say that if it's Sean. But there's going to have to be that understanding immediately. It's my way or the highway sort of thing. But are you highwaying a guy you just paid over $100 million for the next several years? It's just interesting because the three the three jobs are, are different levels of pressure and I think different levels of expectations. Marlon Favorite, start of next hour as a sports hangover on ESPN New Orleans. Time is money. Don't waste both running around looking for filters, batteries, and belts and related items. Fleet Supply Warehouse.